Hello, hello. Welcome to What Up Teach, where today we get the chance to chat with Miss H about her third grade classroom and about the profession of teaching. Miss H has been teaching for 29 years now, and from what I can see in the classroom and from the way she describes her job, you can tell that she loves it. And for someone who is aspiring to be a teacher, it is extremely encouraging and uplifting to hear. And I'm extremely excited to share with you all what she has to say about her class and her job. But before we get into that, I would love to tell you all about her um, learning environment and the students in it. Um, First off, with the students, there are 25 lovely third graders in her classroom, three of them having IEPs and two of them having 504s. Um, With that, 12 of these 25 students are white, seven of them are of multiple racial backgrounds, Four of them are Asian and two of them are African-American. And that makes for an extremely diverse group in the classroom. And going into the physical space, um, it is not a small classroom um, to hold these 25, which is great. But one negative thing that I see in the classroom is there is only one window and is a small window. And to me, that limits the natural light that can come into the classroom and i know natural light has a way of bringing energy and life into the classroom but by no means does that mean this class does not have life or energy it has that to the max and i believe that is because of who they are and also from what miss h has done with the learning environment to mask that one wall or one window rather uh, miss h has created another window out of fabric and This window is positioned kind of in the teacher corner where the teacher's desk is, and it's a cabin-esque window seal. And that window is looking out to a mountain range with bluebird skies. And that corner just brings so much light and life into the classroom, and the students love looking at it. And following along that wall, it leads to a larger mountain made out of fabric with a blue sky background. But with this mountain, pictures and cutouts of the students are positioned climbing this mountain summoning to the very point and i think this is an awesome thing to have in the classroom i know the students love to look at it it's the first thing they see when you come to the classroom and it also sends such a strong message to the students that they know when they come into this environment they are here to work hard and reach and discover new heights for themselves and that's such an awesome expectation to have without explicitly having to state it it's something that they can see and they know that what or they know what this environment is about um and going off of that the students are not positioned in rows they are positioned in table groups of six and four to encourage collaboration and if it seems to get too crowded at those tables they have a couple of different large tables positioned around the classroom for where they can do group work or for where Miss H holds small group instruction for readers conferences or writers conferences and then there's also a large carpet space in the middle of the classroom the front middle for again pair talk to happen and for teacher instruction to happen and then in the very back of the classroom there is a little nook area where the library is at for students to read plop down on the carpet right there and enjoy a nice 
space to read and unwind and that's a great addition to the classroom um, with resources that these students have they have a ton of resources at their disposal there is a computer cart in the classroom for students to use um, with certain workshops i know that's used heavily with their writing workshops just because they use uh, google classroom and when they write stories it is shared with Miss H and they can have writers conferences um, easily to make corrections and revise without having to constantly print out new copies. And um, at their desks, they have um, everything they need to be successful for the day. That being paper, journals, books, pencils, crowns, scissors, um, you name the resource, they have it at their disposal. And that's great to see because it just leads these students for success and provides them with the materials they need to be successful. Um, it's a great environment to be in. I enjoy being there and I know the students enjoy being there and that um, the expectations in the management of the classroom are laid out for no questions to be asked. Students know what their job is when they're there and what their behavior should be like. Um, I mean, it's a positive environment to be in. Students know that they're not there to be discouraged, to say I can't, that they're here to empower themselves and empower them, their peers. Um, I'm excited for you guys to hear what Miss H has to say about her third graders and about the profession of teaching. So let's go ahead and say what up to Miss H. Miss H, can you tell me about your student population? I have 25 students. Uh, it's a diverse population. 12 of the 25 are non-white. Um, I have three students on IEPs. Two of those students are autistic. One has defiance disorder. Two of those three IEP children have qualified for mental health services. I have two students on a 504, one with a severe ADD, not medicated, and another who has anxiety disorder. Awesome. Um, with a, such a diverse population in your classroom, does it change uh, your teaching style from previous years? Uh, yes, it does, because I definitely have more students now on uh, IEPs that are a little more on the severe side, not just um, educational resource students. So I spend a lot more time um, with behavioral plans, um, having to do positive reinforcement activities, uh, spending more time in meetings on IEPs, and um, I have in my classroom areas where students can go to uh, cool down, and um, I've never had to do that before. So that's all something new in the last few years. With the environment being such an important aspect of learning and teaching, um, how do you think, or what do you think is an environment conducive to learning? I focus on, at the beginning of the year, really creating a, um, a community of learners, that we are a family, we work together. Um, I believe in creating a safe environment, a place where children are excited to come and learn and grow, and um, we focus on positive um, quote of the day, 
and a growth mindset. My students know they're not allowed to say I can't. They have to have a can-do attitude. Um, and I really feel like if, if a, the community in the classroom, the children feel safe and are excited, then the learning comes naturally. Perfect. With these different um, strategies to bring the classroom together, are most students um, receptive to it? Or do you have a handful of students that kind of shy away from the idea of coming together as a community? Um, initially, some of them might feel a little bit shy about it, but we're already now into five weeks and mm -hmm. they're all, all in. Mm -hmm. So just buying into your environmental ideas yep. um, that you create all typically buy in with going in the first month of schooling? Yes, with the exception of maybe one or two, it takes mm -hmm. a little more um, work, mm -hmm. but um, for the most part, they're all in and, and they do feel that um, sense of community. Yeah. Can you uh, identify a change in the environment when you feel that all students have bought into your community ideas about your classroom? Yes. Um, this year in particular with the diverse group that I have, I've had to spend a lot more time developing that and um, it was exhausting initially for my behavior, um, all the behaviors in the classroom, but now I feel like you can just feel that those kids are, are making their way. Miss H, how would you describe your classroom management style? Um, that all begins at the beginning of the year when we're doing that whole idea of the community of learners. I set very clear expectations um, and I follow through. My students have a weekly report that goes home every Friday. Um, they know that I will write down their um, behaviors and uh, tasks for the week. I believe in positive recognition. Um, I hold children accountable uh, every uh, week when we send home the weekly reports if children are not um, say they've had a, a, a rough week with their behavior um, I have a conference with them we set goals for the following week on how they can have a better week um, one of my favorite things to do for management is give kids high fives but we call them air high fives where when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing um, I walk around and I have a fake hand that slaps and claps and lights up and we do air high fives and I call out their names and um, that really helps them um, get excited about doing the right thing. Um, do any family aspects come into play when with creating your management style? Yes, at the very beginning of the year I'm big into the family unit, the parents interactions. We have the Blooms um, app where my parents can get messages daily. It's like getting a text message on their phone. So if a student um, has done something spectacular, I can send a message to that parent, even take a picture of their child and send it to them. If their child's struggling with a behavior, um, I can send a message to their parent and let them know exactly uh, what happened that day. Um, so it's nice to have that along with the weekly report. So is your management style, um, does it differ with each new class you have coming in? Yes, I have always done the weekly reports and the positive recognition, but it does sometimes um, have to change depending on the severe um, behaviors that I might have. For example, a few of my students this year um, are on daily contracts. So in addition to what I do, they have their own um, by the hour 
um, daily contract that I fill out and send home with them each day. With a diverse population, how does your planning reflect what you know about your students? The district provides us with pacing guides for all of the um, different subject areas. It's very standards-based. Um, depending on the needs of my students, I can speed up or slow down that pacing. And um, I definitely modify my curriculum for my struggling students, um, do some reteach groups for small groups, enrichment for those that need it. Um, so basically, depending each year, the kind of students I get, I'm either modifying and reteaching or um, enriching and or both um, based on the students' needs. So planning would looks different year to year, obviously, based on the students you have coming in? Yes. And so it's dependent on how fast you can move through curriculum or how slow you have to move? Yes. Due to your planning being reflective of your students and what you know about them, how can you um, determine when students have learned the material? Um, for most of the subjects, I, I do pre-test, post-test assessments. I do quick checks, um, daily check-ins with the kids. Um, I do reading and writing conferences every day. My goal by the end of the week is that I've met with each child and have set goals for their reading and their writing. Um, and then, of course, we do the enrichment for those that can go at a faster pace or um, need the diverse type of teaching and then the reteaching. Um, exit slips. Um, what else? Small group instruction. To finish a topic or um, certain material, do you typically end with a traditional assessment in the sense of paper and pen tests with multiple questions, or do you offer different types of assessments from project or writing-based assessments? It, it depends on the subject. Um, for example, in math, it's pencil paper, maybe 11 or 12 questions, and then a computer with the same type of test, but 11 or 12 questions. Um, very much kind of like this uh, state testing type of computer. Um, with the writing, um, they're doing publishing on the computer. Um, These children in science do a lot of projects, so that's more project-based. Um, so I guess it just depends on what topic is being taught. Um, will determine the type of assessment that I give. Mm -hmm. I know that you do social studies in your classroom. Um, what does the typical assessment look like for the end of a topic in social studies? Again, depending on what we're learning, right now we're doing mapping, so the children are, are involved in creating maps and showing that they understand the concept through the use of maps. Um, when we do our Native American studies, the children are doing um, written projects as well as, um, for example, maybe a 3D model of what the Native Americans dwelling might be like. Um, but they also have the paper pencil test as well. So there's a little bit of all of it. Perfect.
know you've mentioned the use of Blooms, which is a communication um, app that allows you to contact parents and um, your mention of use of computers. Um, but in what other ways do you utilize technology to enhance the learning experience of your students? Technology is big in the classrooms these days. Um, we do have a Promethean board, where, which is interactive for the kids to use for my instruction as well. Um, each child has their own computer that they're using on a regular basis. Um, we have Google Classroom. Kids can get into Google Classroom to get their assignments, for example, in uh, writing or if there's an instructional video that I want them to watch, they can get in through Google Classroom to watch that. Um, when we do research, the students use their computers for research and note-taking. We have a program called ST Math, which is conceptual math um, skills. I use Zern for math as well. Um, Epic Books, the children use that for reading and research. Um, we use Go Noodle for quick breaks in the classroom. So technology is used um, regularly in my classroom. Um, are there any times where you see technology kind of being a hindrance to how students learn and the learning experience? I feel that unfortunately children are very, re they respond to technology. So I try to limit the amount of time because I know screen time is not supposed to be good for the kids. But I also feel that um, the children respond to it and it's just another tool to um, help my instruction. So. Um, for some children, it's more of even a reward at the end of the day. So not really a hindrance as much as, hey, if you can get this task complete, mm -hmm. you'll get to get on the computer and do epic books or something. So you deem technology as more of a pro than a con in the classroom? Yes. Yes, awesome. And is it just, you see it enhancing students' learning, but also just to stay current in the day and age? Yes. A big thank you to Miss H for being a wonderful guest and giving us this great insight on what it's like to be in her third grade classroom and what it's like to be in this profession of teaching. I felt there was a lot of takeaways that came about doing this interview and um, for myself in particular on how um, important the physical environment is for the student and the teacher. I feel that the environment presented by Miss um, H is that she wants students to come into a learning space where they feel welcomed, where they feel encouraged, where they feel that they are safe and that they can try their hardest. And if they manage to not um, perform as well as they might, that it's okay, that these are all steps we take to reach our potential. And I feel that this environment really sets students up to buy into her philosophy of how she wants her classroom to be ran with a growth development mindset where students aren't allowed to use these negative words where they empower each other and they feed off the environment. So that's one big aspect that I would like to implement currently as I teach in my sixth grade classroom and also in the future to just build this environment that instills these ideas in my students that each day they come in there, it's it's a new day to learn, to strive, and to overall just 
be happy about where they are. That this learning is an adventure and it's a fun one if we kind of all buy in as a community and strive for one goal and that goal being to try our best, um, reach new heights and kind of learn. So that's one big takeaway that I had from doing this interview. Um, another being, um, that not one class is the same. Um, you heard it from Miss H how from the beginning of her career to now, there have been many things from curriculum changes to the changes of standards and from the student populations coming in that there um, are all different and they're all unique and that does change how you instruct and kind of how your classroom is ran. Um, she mentioned how with these different IEPs and 504 plans that kind of behavior policies um, change where you might have to to adapt policies. I feel that a big thing that Miss H said is that she always follows through with what she says is going to happen. And I feel like that's a big thing that you don't want your words to have empty meaning. That if you say something, it is going to be held to its meaning and it's going to be held as truth. And that students know when you say something, whether it be good or bad, hopefully most of the time it's going to be good, that they know you are serious and that it is truth. And I feel that it's an important thing to have that you want students to believe in your words and always have this idea that you will follow up and that you are meaningful with the words that you're using. And that is a key aspect that I am going to take with me currently as a teacher and in my future career as a teacher. And then also how her frequent assessments are occurring, whether they be formative or informal, that assessments are always occurring and that they're not all paper and pencil, multiple choice type tests that granted it is dependent on the subject, but I liked how there was variety from written responses to check for understanding to traditional test base to check for understanding and also project based to see where students students are at. Um, I feel that those are all great ways to keep a variety in the classroom, that it doesn't become mundane or and it doesn't make it so that we're teaching to a test, that we're teaching for understanding and that students can express their understanding in a multitude of ways. And I feel that it's very important for students to know that not everyone may learn the same, but that this knowledge that we are offering and teaching to students that it is received in a way and can be expressed in a multiple ways that may all be correct. And it's all encouraged that we want to make sure that they are understanding and that these different assessments are in fact checking for these different measures of understanding. And I feel that that's very important to take with me into the future as a teacher. Um, this opportunity to interview Miss H was an invaluable experience and I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I do. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for another episode of What Up Teach.